y'all? Welcome back to Faded Truth. Before you do anything, like, share, and subscribe. You know this is the place to find upcoming actors, musicians, creatives, entertainment. This is the place to be. Today, I got Mr. Quincy Giles on the show. Yo. You may have seen him in Power. You see him in Law & Order. You see him on CBS. And how you feeling today, Mr. Giles? Feeling good. Feeling nice. Feeling all right? You looking good. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate what you been putting on your skin? You got some avocado? What you? No, honestly, people be asking me that, and I feel bad because I I don't even treat it the way I should. I just throw water. That's it. You just throw water? Just water. It's that East Coast water. You can't do that shit in Vegas because that shit will dry you out. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm dead. I'm dead. I don't know what's what's in that. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. Were you born and raised in New York? No. So I was born and raised in Indiana, actually. And I moved to Boston for school. I was playing football and I studied business. And then when I graduated, started working. And then I kind of got plugged into modeling, like someone put me on there. So I started traveling back and forth between Boston and New York. When I finally made the switch to leave my job, to commit full time to acting um, after a couple of things happened, that's when I started you know, traveling to New York. I'll stay in New York or I'll go to Atlanta. I'm pretty much now anywhere, anywhere I need to be. From a young age, did you know that you had like a special talent as far as acting? Hell no. No, you weren't like one of the people like in front of your family no, trying to do no, shit? No, no. I mean, I may have been a little ham. Like, yeah, I may have like, you know, I was outgoing, but no, I was an athlete. Like I just, okay. I played, you know, played sports and then played football through college and I never did theater or nothing like that, especially at that time. I feel like that stuff's like kind of cool now to do. Whereas, you know, back when I was in high school, like that shit, like, like the theater. Yeah, yeah, you were a drama geek if you did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So I, I didn't even think about it. It wasn't in, like I really got pushed into this lane to be very honest with you. I didn't even think about it before like I really started putting pictures on Instagram. Okay. So what, uh, what was the first step into acting like yeah so so i had put pictures up on instagram right because i wanted to start modeling because i was still working like i was a financial analyst for liberty mutual and someone just said oh you could be a model and like make money on the side and i was like oh i bet if i could get paid to take pictures like fine like it had you know, not no weird shit, nothing like that, like official shit, not weird shit. You don't uh, find your OnlyFans, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> not, 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 chill, not like that. Um, um, but yeah, I put pictures on social media and then they started like circulating and they actually started circulating a couple countries in Africa. Um, and then this producer hit me up and he was like, yo, I want you to play lead in my movie. And first off- it was, That was the Jumbo Goes to Jazzy. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jumbo goes to Josie. Yeah, yeah. At, and at first, I'm like, all right, who is this dude? Like, who is this Nigerian scammer trying to, trying to get me? <laughs> yeah, but I looked him up. He was he was legit. And, you know, he FaceTimed. And he was basically like, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. But he was basically, first he said, well, you're not bad enough not to do it. So I went to South Africa. And I was waking up every day at 6 a.m., going to set you know, working for 14, 15 hours a day and was absolutely loving it. Like I've always been somebody that, the one thing that did connect me to acting was I've always been interested in psychology and like human behavior kind of stuff. So, you know, stepping into somebody's shoes and really connecting myself to 
someone else's understanding and perspective was, you know, fun to me based off of that interest. But yeah, you know, I got flown out, put, put a nice hotel and was with some very established um, African, like South African and Nigerian actors and actresses. And was that the first time you went to Africa? Yeah. Oh yeah. That was the first time I left outside of like, like spring break Mexico. Like that was like the one time I'd actually, you know, went out of the country. And it was just such an experience, like being somewhere where, you know, black people are the majority. It's just like a different, it's just a different dynamic. Like it was like how much, I mean, there is some, you know, colorism stuff there, but like outside of that, like just how much love they show to each other and just the cultural dynamics of everybody looking like each other, just that alone just amazed me and just right. how love they show between each other. But, but yeah, so I, I fell into acting. Like I'd never planned. So your first role is some guy hitting you off your Instagram picture saying, yo, I got a role for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my first role was Damn. like the, it's like the dream, you know, discover off, discover off of social media, but that's something I always clarify to people now. Cause I like to do, not consult people, but you know, just put people on game and try to help them, you know, not waste their time with their career, like make more efficient decisions. And one thing I do tell people is like, don't take my story as the formula for how to get on. Like I've been just learning on the go, you know, just taking other people's experiences and learning from veterans and making sure I'm surrounded by people that are taking this seriously, you know, cause I'm a, I'm a business guy too. You know, I, my degrees in economics and finance. So, you know, one thing that people underestimate in this business is, is that it's a business. Like, it's not just about, yes, it's about the craft, obviously, but. I'm you telling know, you, it's hard. People really think like you're just doing this shit for fun. Like. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And it's a lot. crazy. Unprofessionalism, like. The yes. Kids, they don't take it seriously. It's like, and it's really disrespectful to you as like a creator. You know what I mean? That they don't take what you're doing seriously because you take it seriously and you treat it as a business, but other people yeah. might not. And that's the fucked up part about the industry. And that's where like not all activity is good activity, like jumping on to, you know, projects just to work. Like, you know, I had to come across some projects that I did before that I wouldn't do now just because there are red flags of unprofessionalism you know, red flags of not doing things the right way. Like, especially being an athlete, like I've always been somebody like, you know, if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it right. Yeah, I'm not working, but it's not worth my time here because this is not gonna push my career forward and push my brand forward. It's gonna right. associate me with shit that I don't want people thinking that, you know, I'm involved with. I don't want people thinking I do these kind of movies. So where do you get onto power? Like, how does this happen? So like, I was doing a fashion show for a guy who he has like sunglasses or whatever in New York. And that agent just happened to be there and was like, I want to work with you. Like, granted, like, again, like my story is not like the, the blueprint of how. <laughs> so that's why sometimes I like. It's all good. Story, but Everyone's don't. got a different story. I got like a couple credits with that agent. Right. But they weren't really, you know, there, there's levels to agents, right? There's, there's better agents than others. So like they worked for me, they were good. Um, I did a NBC, the enemy within that scene, they, that scene got cut. Right. So I only got the credit, but the, the scene got cut, but still I got, you know, a couple resume points there and ID, I did a couple ID shows and then I leveled up my representation got a good manager, which put me onto a good agent. In 2019, things just start flowing. Like I booked Law and Order, Power, and then Bull within like a 
four or five months span. How are you in the warehouse? You know, yeah. Dre is on there, Rotimi, which yeah. didn't even know he was a whole fucking singer until like a couple months ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been listening to him and I didn't know it was Dre off power. I'm like, oh, damn. Yeah, you know, he's, he was so down to earth and so cool. Um, He's another one that got like a crazy story. Like he was telling me like, like he was a singer, like he's a singer. And he was like, he just needed money. So his manager was just like, oh, go do this commercial. And like he went and did the commercial and the casting director was just like, oh, you should come in for this little role that we got for you. And he had never acted before. He didn't even know what sides were. And then he went in, booked the role and ended up being like a series regular role. Everybody's story is is different in this game. That's just That's just the bottom line. Some people it'll take, you know, 20 years to get on. But some people may take two. It may take you six months, it may take three or whatever. But the biggest thing is, it's just starting. You know, see, a lot of people are scared to start, but yeah, power was dope. I got lit the fuck up. <laughs> so <laughs> are you shooting blanks in there? Like when you're shooting the gun, are you shooting? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're blanks, but they're, they're real guns. Like I had to go through a whole like gun training, you know, safety stuff. Cause I think they had like an incident where either someone got injured or died or something like crazy like that before so they had us go through like an official training and all that because you only had two bullets left in your gun like you was shooting before you got there or <laughs> um well, how many i had i think i think i had a full clip about the end i had ran through them you know missing. <laughs> I, apparently i was missing <laughs> it was like boom boom and then you got shot <laughs> yeah yeah right ran out and, and then, you know it's funny on set so like so if you see like when i go to run to the gun like i'm like fumbling around with it and then i pick it up and that's when i get laid out so the interesting part of that is that was not acting like i swear like every take i was trying to go pick up the gun my clumsy ass just could not <laughs> pick, it, pick it up like they're like we're just gonna keep it in obviously you got butterfingers yeah i mean it, it, it worked because that was the reason why the fumble made sense for why i got lit up but like it was like take like take eight and i think i think it was rotimi came up he was like bro you got this <laughs> like <laughs> you tight like you think like cameraman i'm like i'm like i'm a whole athlete and i can't pick the gun up but <laughs> it ended up working so it was cool it was fun who's your favorite character on power <sighs> who's my favorite character this was one thing about 50 i like like 50 may only play one lane or like, but he plays it well. Like he's a very entertaining to, for me, like, cause a lot of shit he does is very subtle because that he just plays him, but. Um, yeah, I feel like well, he's authentic. When yeah, he that's what I'm saying. He's just, he just, he does what he does best. Obviously I like ghosts. Who's now, did you get to like work with, like meet them all and everything? Or do you yeah, just go to set to shoot and leave? So we did a table read. So like, Literally everybody was there. And what do you do at the table where you just sit down and go over your notes? We sit down and we just go through the whole episode. So every, everyone that's in the episode is at that read. And then we just go through from top to bottom, the beginning of the episode to the end of the episode. We have our, you know, script and it was mad fun. Like, I feel like, I feel like too, with that, I, table reads can be different, right? So I'm sure there are some table reads that are a bit more formal, but with power, you know, you're dealing with the majority black cast and you're dealing with people that have been together for years right um so it's, it was very loose like i could tell like these people are like it's almost like a yeah they're professionals and this is their job but it was like a it had a family kind of feel to it 
Um, so like people would go off script, like add little ad libs or whatever and, and laugh and joke. So Tommy was an interesting person. <laughs> so, you know, Tommy in the show, he's that cool ass, you know, swag. Right, he don't give a fuck. Right, he don't give man. After the read, he comes up to me. So I'm like, I'm like, what is he, what is he about to say? He's like, Hey Quincy, how you doing? It was so nice to meet you. I'm so glad that you're on this show. Like he he sounds like a fucking like somebody's accountant, but he's like a <laughs> cool, like such a nice dude. Like Damn. the nicest dude that 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 you would meet. Like like I said, I, I like I said, I, I had a couple lines to get lit the fuck up. Like who the fuck am I? But he right. that's you know, so crazy spoke. though how actors like that's why I feel like it's so weird how actors like how you guys actually act different than your character because it's yeah. like you really right. acting like somebody that you're not right but but with 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 um with tommy he he does that role too well like he like there's there's no way he doesn't have some type of affiliation or ref something like he didn't somewhat grow up in that kind of setting to be able to reference it because i mean he's he's amazing at it but yeah like he was the he was the one person i'm like oh yeah way different than you are. <laughs> so, but it gave me that much more respect for him so i'm like man you are one hell of an actor and just and just like i like similar with him and like ice tea like somebody who's still very grounded you know like i said he's showing love to everybody you know giving whether it be you know tips or just you know having a good time like still seeing grounded actors or grounded people that are at that level of you know, fame is refreshing and it's a right. reminder that you can be on and still, you know, be humble. Yeah, you still be humble. And that's just, that's, that's important. Then you're in Law and Order, you're getting arrested mm -hmm. by uh, Ice, Ice T. Yeah. Okay. And then in The Bull, you're uh, punking the kid, right? And in it, the laundromat it, it, or wherever it, you are. Yeah. And then he gets me too. First couple of credits, they were killing me a little bit. They, they, I get, I get, I've gotten murdered a lot. Most of the roles I saw, you were playing either like a gangbanger, a thug. Do you feel like people automatically put you in that category because of how you look? Yeah. So like in New York, like when I first got into the industry and was trying to find like an agent, like there was one agent I remember. It was at it was at BMG um, agency. And he was just like, you know, with your look, you know, I want you to, you know, look tough. I need you to have headshots that are like, mm, whatever, like that. Like something, something weird. It was like some old ass white dude or whatever, the same shit. But the reality is, you know, I got the locks, you know, I'm a relative to actors in the industry. Cause that was one thing, that was one thing I found out on power. Uh, when I went to the table read, like everyone's mad small. Like people that think you think are tall are like very short. So like on set, like I am like, you know, a bigger dude, you know, you know, athletic build. So especially coming out, like the first couple of roles, you know, that was the box that they were going to check me in. But now as my career started to progress, casting directors have seen more, I've, I've gotten more opportunities to go out for, I feel like roles that are more, you know, in my lane and more towards my goals, which is, you know, just being, you know, a regular dude, it could be a love interest or a business professional, like something... Like that's that's really my goal is to get into those lanes that are outside of the box right. for for guys with locks. You know, I do want to use TV and film um, to help fight against the stereotype and the stigma of black men with locks. 
you know, that was the same thing I was doing when I was working in Liberty Mutual, being successful, you know, working in business with my locks. And I think I can do that on a much broader scale, you know, through TV and film. How many I, times have people asked you to cut your locks <clears throat> to get better roles? Oh, so the only one time it happened was I was in a callback for the bold and the beautiful, actually. Um, <coughs> um, soap opera. And... <laughs> The cast, yes. I can see. <laughs> director, <laughs> mad dramatic. Um, <laughs> casting director came out and said, she was like, you know, would you be okay with cutting your locks? And I told her, what I said was, you know, I, I would trim them. I'm not, I'm not cutting my locks. Because the reality is while, yes, there is an uphill battle with um you know having my locks the reality is it is a part of my look i feel like my locks are if i'm being honest like my my look including my locks is the reason why that i did get a jump start in my career just because i was always that i guess different choice compared to right for the talent pool it just comes down to just being your genuine self, being your genuine your genuine essence, when that's whether that's your look, your personality, whatever, that's always going to be the thing that's going to be, you know, the original. Have you been growing up seventeen growth. years. Shit, now it's been. This will be year eighteen. This will be. You year got a whole kid 18. on your head. Yeah, not for like a grown shit, a grown man on my head. <laughs> well, I think I speak for. The the world never cut your locks. Thank you, thank okay. you. No, I'm, I'm not, man. Because that, to me, that's 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 me quitting. But to change yeah. the world, we have to change what we're doing. So we you can't just be conforming, you know. Right, and you got to be like you. You got to be excellent while being, you know, your genuine self or being that look. Like if you want to change the stigma, like with my specific situation, if you want, if I want to change the stigma towards black men with locks, then I need to be excellent and work through the nose or the clothes. Like, like now, you know, I'm going out for a lot of, um, you know, like the love interest or a father or a business professional. And I, and I feel like I am that different choice. And I'm getting to the point now where I'm getting close, like down to the final two or whatever. And you know, they, they go with the more standard guy and I have to be okay with that. Once you get that big opportunity to break, now your career is just going to continue to go because because you've stuck to your originality and you were successful through your originality. Now you're differentiated and you're, you're recognized. People recognize you quickly. They remember you quickly um, and, and you're going to stand out. But in the beginning, it's a little harder to break through because you're the, I guess, different option but the different option is is can likely have the longevity to have a stable and long career and um, do you think it has anything to do with you being light-skinned so i'm so i'm glad you want to brought that up so the reality is like i do believe that i've gotten some opportunities that maybe i i wouldn't have gotten because i'm light-skinned like, and I do think that there are some opportunities that I didn't quite get, especially in the thug lane, because especially in New York, because in New York, like some of the crime shows, like they want, a, I guess, a, a grittier 
looking guy. Not like, a pretty boy. looking guy. You know what I'm saying? Like we want for what the they you know they want the the urban like they like to say like the urban more urban look like guy that's you know darker complexion maybe a little rougher or whatever maybe a tat here and there yeah 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 you know what I'm saying and that's just I mean it is, it is what it is but you know I I know that you know I have gotten opportunities because I have a less I guess intimidating look if you want to if you want to say that to the people that that make decisions. And you know, I know that, and I'm not, I'm not gonna shy away from that. I, I, I know that's a reality. My only hope is that by me being successful with those, you know, shallow advantages, I guess in some cases in that lane, I'm hoping that it still opens up the door again for other people that you know, look similar to me, especially with, you know, black men with pots that don't necessarily look like me. So that's the goal. But I think definitely, yeah, my lighter complexion, my look definitely has had an effect. If I'm keeping it a buck, I mean, that's just. Yeah, that's, that's less light. That's the thing. A lot of the stereotypes and negative bullshit stigmas that we see in society, a lot of times they reflect what's in TV and film. So like media has such influential impact on society so again that's where like for me it's like yes it may it may maybe it'll take me longer maybe it'll be faster but it's so important to show those the imagery that you want to show on on tv and film or the media so that that gets translated into the real world and into you know everyday society so we combat those different negative stereotypes and stigmas towards. Yeah. Well, we, it starts with us, you know, it starts yeah. with the kids, Ooh. whoever's next, you got to teach your kids because that's the only way the world's going to change. Cause yeah, this shit's been going on forever and it's still going on. And it's crazy right. to me that 400 years ago, it's like, why, why is this still happening hundreds of years later? Yeah. Like that shit's crazy. So the only way to do it is to talk about it and to fucking teach about it. Yeah. Because that's right. the only way we're going to change anything. hundred percent. There's nothing to add on to that. That's, that's, that's why on it. So what are you doing naked at the door in the movie Flowers? <laughs> you saw it. Um, it's on your reel, so everyone can go watch it. <laughs> yeah, I've never put that one on my social media. Um, <laughs> nah, it's a it's that's a com it was a comedy short film. It was one of my first short films that I did. One of my first projects that I that was one of my first projects that I actually like, you know, went through the audition process, had a callback, directed whatever book. But yeah, basically it's this dude that's about to profess his love. Um, to the girl that you're already fucking. Well, we don't, right? it's, it's not said, right? Like, that's what I'm saying, but you were implying. Well, like, it's just my roommate, you know? I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm piping it down. Did they make you audition naked? No, nah, I wasn't naked. You know, yeah, but uh, in the scene, what are, oh, you wearing? are you wearing a banana hammock? Like, what are you wearing in the front? Just like a sock. <laughs> like a tape, like a tape sock. Just, you know, it's funny too, like, the door has, you know, like a window. So there's people walking by and they they just like, like just walking a dog. I think we're in like Brooklyn too. Like somewhere like, like one of like the bougie part of Brooklyn. So let's walking <laughs> Oh, like, but. <laughs> it was mad fun though. Everything's been happening quick for you, right? Like, yeah, a lot of little series. We got Homicide City, Bubbly Brown Sugar series, Murder Decoded. We got BET, Too Grown. So, what do you think's the biggest character difference that you have played so far that's out of your character? Mm, 
Oh, too grown, definitely. So at first, I'm like, you know, like I'm I'm the, the love interest, like I'm the new boyfriend that the girl's showing off to her friends or whatever. And then it's, 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 it's a comedy, right? So like we do this, we play this game where it was like a gender flip. So like a Freaky Friday kind of kind of thing. My girl ends up going into my body. So I had to act like I was my girl <laughs> of, of my body. I have to watch this later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that was fun. And then, you know, the funny thing about that one was like, I went on the set, like at first I come in, you know, I'm just kind of scoping out the scene and I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm friendly, but I'm, you know, I'm a little to myself. So I mean, a lot of actors are very outgoing out the gate, but once it's time to go, it's time to go for me. So when I turned it on, and you know, I'm being this sassy chick. It was like a shocker because they were like, they were like, what the fuck you saying? This motherfucker was just in the corner, like a mouse. Yeah, like, yeah, but it was, it was mad <laughs> man. When it's time to work, it's time to work. What kind of woman did they make you act like? Like a cool one or like a. No, she was very, she was a very like outgoing, outspoken. I'm going to say when I'm. What I want to say, I'm gonna say what's on my mind with attitude. And um, Angie Ma, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You play exactly. Angie Ma, Quincy. I but it was, but it was, it was mad fun to do. It was, it was, it was mad fun. I mean, I, it definitely just reminded me that all that just overly masculine stuff where you can't like just be loose and have fun. Like, like just because I did that, like that, that doesn't have any sort of. Like doesn't mean I'm I'm less of a man or something like that because I you know acted something out like that. Um, it just a reminder to just not take shit o overly seriously and just have a good time and just enjoy life. Don't be so stuck up in trying to look a certain way or appeal a certain way that you you miss out on opportunities to enjoy yourself and you know. Saying, I have such a fun yeah. life and I just don't give a fuck and like yeah. I always have fun. People are like, you're so happy. I'm like, I know. Because yeah, you know what? <laughs> if you don't, if you don't, that's on you. That's your choice to be uh right. you know stuck up, you know, all up in your head. Like that's that's on you. So is there some kind of character that you want to play in the future? So I actually I do have a movie um that I shot last year in April. Um, that does go towards the lane that I want to go to. He is a, granted, he, he does have fuckboy tendencies because he, you know, <laughs> cheated at his bachelor party before he got married and skipped and stuff. But he grows, <laughs> he grows in the film. Like he, he has some growth, but nah, he is doing well for himself. Like that was one of the first shows where, you know, I'm in a suit or, you know, I'm in, you know, business casual, business professional clothing. Um, you know, a black man that's making good money um, with, you know, with locks. Those are things that I'm passionate about getting to just because those have a, those mean more to me than just like my career and acting. Like those are the things I feel right. like. Because you're social. making steps in the industry, like right, you said, right. to break barriers, so. Right, right, and bring social impact, like similar to how that that wave of um, having more women of color with uh, curls in the medical field on a lot of these medical shows, like, I feel like since that wave started happening, granted, it's not where it needs to be, but you see more women that look like that in those type in those type of fields. There's more of an openness to people being able to do those jobs that look like that. I've seen it right there. And I just think there is a lot of impact with being able to have that image imagery in media does translate 
to the real world and help people be more open to realize, okay, just because this person looks like this doesn't mean they can't, you know, do this thing. The change can't just happen with people, I guess that you call at the bottom, like you need that change and influence in those power positions, in those positions with people that are decision makers and can actually have, you know, larger scale impact. And that's not just with entertainment, that's with, you know, corporations diversifying their leadership, mm -hmm. um, you know, like th things like that, bringing in, which would then, you know, bring in more diverse uh, group of people to operate a business. Anything that has to do with money, it benefits them more. They have more equity or stake in whatever that, you know, industry that they're in, you know, sharing less with those that they're oppressing. If you follow the money and follow the economics of how shit flows, you know, you'll see the very real foundational racial thing. Did you ever have a spiritual awakening yet in your life? Oh yeah. You know, I've always kind of leaned on my faith. You know, I think definitely when I got into this entertainment lane, this, cause before, you know, I went to college, played football, then went to a job, like everything was very structured and standardized. Like I knew what was happening next. I had a lot more control of the situation. Whereas when I went into entertainment, now I'm dealing with a lot more uncertainty. I'm dealing with doubt. I'm dealing with this roller coaster of feelings and emotions. And it forced me to lean on my faith and, you know, with my specific higher power and what I believe in and what I believe can influence my life and, and, and control and has the real control over the things that I have absolutely no control over. It forced me to build it, you know, when I entered acting, because for me, if I didn't lean on a higher power, then I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, I just, for me personally, I wouldn't make it. You know what I'm saying? I I, I couldn't, I wouldn't be- You gotta able. believe in something. Yeah. It doesn't matter like who your God is or what you pray to, but you gotta yeah. believe in something higher than yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's what's gonna get you through. Yeah, exactly. And and, it, and, it, and I think it definitely, like, I think people, some people think that it, it, it takes away from believing in yourself to put it in somebody else's hand. But I think, I personally think that it's a compliment. It allows me to take pressure off of myself and just to do the best that I can and put the rest in, you know, whoever, whatever I believe in. Um, and that, that allows me to be more free and not beat myself up as much because it's not, it's not about, it's not about me. I don't have control over what's gonna happen next. I don't necessarily have control over outcomes. I have control over what I control, what I do, my actions, and the rest is what's meant to happen. What's gonna be for me is for me. But so definitely going into this lane definitely forced me to, you know, open up, you know, my spirituality and 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 face myself too. Like, especially through the pandemic, like, you know, learning how to be okay in the stillness and learning how to like face myself when I'm not distracted by, you know, the coming and going and the and the running around that comes with the business. So there was a lot of growth and a lot of reflection and, and it made me a stronger actor, I think too, because it made me more aware of myself. Right. And which then allowed me to be able to better, because the more awareness I have of myself, the better I can connect genuinely and understand, you know, a character and, and find that common ground, find that bridge so I can t tell that character's story in a genuine manner. I saw in your fucking extensive relationship 
uh, highlight there. Oh yeah, that was a, that was that was a. I just put that I, shit I, down. I, I and I was like, damn, this motherfucker going. Yeah, so I got like posted on Shade Room, um, and like. What uh, happened? Oh, you were on Shade Room. Or I've been you on Shade Room like two or three times. Okay. Like, just like a different, like you know, man crush type shit, but. Um, Ladies, would you hit? <laughs> and it's like yeah, 17,000 comments. Right, right, right. <laughs> Comment below. Like, you know, uh, obviously I look at comments. So people, you know, you got some women talking shit, talking about, oh, he's an actor. Used to be financial analyst. Oh, he ain't got a job. He don't work. It wasn't just about me. Like a lot of it was directed to some of the other guys who were, you know, entrepreneurs in their own profession doing different things. And right. it's like you want to... There were some women who wanted to bash that guy because they're not in a lane that they recognize or they feel like is what they're supposed to be doing. But then when those guys elevate themselves, now, 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 now it's cool. Right. You weren't, but you didn't want to rock with them when they were when they were building. You can't like. I just feel like who the fuck are you? Like who the fuck are you to talk about anybody? Right, right, and that's and that's what it and that's what it comes down to. It's like you took you, you took your energy to go and comment on this post. Right, right, like, and you're probably sitting at home eating fucking Fruit Loops out your belly button. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so who do you think's big, your, been your biggest supporter to date? I had a college teammate and then a roommate that I lived with after school. I would say because they were the ones that actually pushed me. Cause at first, like even when I was going to, well, I was thinking about even modeling. Like I was like, oh, I don't know. Like I don't even know how to go about it. And then my my boy was just like, you you thinking too much. Just just do it. Like stop bullshitting. Like you you're not gonna start something unless you put yourself out there and do it. Like what's the worst thing gonna happen? Like they gonna tell you no? Okay, you go somewhere else. So those have been those two guys have definitely been the guys that have just constantly push me to you know continue my journey you know reassure me they they check on me when you know i'm not the best about reaching out or checking on them like those are definitely the guys that like one of the more solid people you know and supporters of of this lane and i, I mean if it wasn't for them I, I probably wouldn't even i may not even be in this lane i may not even be at this point at this particular time so definitely them. shout out to y'all yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my father too. I mean, my father supports me with everything. But um, does your dad have locks too? No, no, he does not. But you know, the funny thing about him was, I remember I did like a a Father's Day post with him. You know, I put it side by side, showing it was him, and like, yo, his IG blew up after <laughs> like he he getting like bad females in his DM. I'm like, damn, you get more love than me. Damn, daddy. Yeah, for real. Like, like, they were all in the comments. Like, shit, I want the day. Like, this milk. Like, or get this. I forget what they was saying. Like, I need something mature. Like, I, this is like it was crazy. It was crazy. So, but and then he, you know, he got gassed like crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 my dog. Like he, you know, outside of raising me, like he was always my coach. Like he's definitely that's definitely been the person that made me who I am today by far. Definitely my father. Or good job, dad. Exactly. Good job. Okay. So I know you have to have some like crazy girl story. What's your craziest encounter with a female? 
Shit, I gotta dig. I gotta... <laughs> Go through the roll decks. <laughs> nah, nah, chill. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you trying to call me out? Uh, Close me. Um, nah, the craziest thing. Fuck yeah! All right, so I was dealing with this chick or whatever. So I'm the type that I'm gonna be very honest. Like, if we're like together, together, serious, then I'm gonna communicate that. If we're not, then I'm gonna have check-ins to make sure you you're still informed about where i'm at so you can make it so, so well because so, so what he's saying is he's a he is a gentleman when he's a player he's a gentleman i well, allow I you i allow you to make informed decisions i think that if communication happened more people would be a lot happier but everyone goes into things and they don't like communicate it so if you say like hey i just want to be a fuck buddy and then next week, people want to be in like relationships and shit. That shit's like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's nonsense. But a lot of people, I think a lot of men need to understand, like, I feel like you have to have check-ins, like, especially with dealing with, you know, even both, but both sides though, men and women, but you know, All right, it's our daily, what, what, what day is it? Tuesday? Tuesday check-in? Yeah, all right, all right. Time for me. We need to, we need to reevaluate, you know, what's going on. We need to reflect. Your performance this week sucks. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, the expectations moving forward, like we need to have oh. a hand in the book. No, no, so so I, I felt like I had those with her, but she just, despite that, because I feel like some people, no matter what you say to them, they want to believe. Yeah, it's called being crazy. So what happened? So I'm asleep. Like I'm, I'm not even with nobody. Like I'm not with nobody else. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just asleep by myself. My roommate comes downstairs. He's like, yo, such and such is in our living room. Um, I'm like, what? Like I said, I'm 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 like half asleep. I'm like, I'm like, and and I hadn't even we kind of had a disagreement because of that under that lack of understanding. I had to reaffirm to her what that was, and I guess she was mad or whatever. But basically, he tells me that, yeah. So she came in banging on the door. Like, you know, drunk, popping up. Um, and then he said, Yeah, I didn't know about letting her in, so I was kind of blocking her, and then she just she <laughs> rushed me and started poking me. I was like, I was like, hold on. <laughs> he was like, Yeah, man, like she started, like choking me and then like let me go and start laughing. And I'm like, what the I was like, all right, all right. So I I I went upstairs. And I see this girl, she's just sitting on the couch. And then it was just like a, like she was calling me all kind of names and saying, you know, what I'm doing. And then I'm like, all right, if you feel this way, why are you popping up and just leave? And then she would just like flip and like refuse to leave. And so I'm getting, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I can be emotional. So now I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, like, what the fuck you want to do? And she starts like, my roommate gets in between us. And then she starts the one like, that already got choked. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm like, bro. He's like, the real MVP. Man, this she's like, match him up a little bit again. Like it was, it was, it was crazy. I didn't know. Like it was just. And but the funny thing about him is, for whatever reason, like that actually was not the last time that he ended up getting a little beat up by a woman. I was. I don't know why it's always him, but like. <laughs> Like this time he got choked, like another time he got in between two females and like got like smacked up there too. Like, He's one of those people that like thinks he can stop the fight. 
like when and it's he's happening. Not about like, that you know at all, saying, like... <laughs> he's not. He's not about that at all. But he he is. It's something we always joke about. So, what's your biggest concern now? Because now you're a girl dad, right? Congratulations. Okay. Yes, thank you. So, your daughter's how old? She's one. Well, she's so she's what the months? Was she 14 months? She's one year old. Yeah, I don't know. She's, people be like, she's 47 months. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, how, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, she's a year old. She's a little <laughs> Um, what do you think's like the hardest thing about being a girl dad now going through life? since sports since you know doing everything and like we all know we all know how it is as a man oh, so man. what's your biggest concern now that you have to raise a daughter shit now you bringing up my you bringing my fears to the surface that the things i try not to think about um this is also the therapy faded truth <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> facing my fears head on i do want to make sure that i conduct myself in a way that you know, my daughter's never looking at me like I want her to look at me and always think that I'm like a good man. And 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 then the fear, but the more so the fear side too, that's out of my control, is you know, these little these little horn dogs that's everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I don't, like I remember like I I think definitely as I've gotten older, I've definitely, you know, obviously I've grown, I've toned it down, but it wasn't that long ago that, you know, I've I, I was the savage in my day. You know what I'm saying? Like I how was. How old are you? How old am I now? I'm 26. Oh, you still got like four years left before you grow up a little, maybe. <laughs> well, I I had, I don't know. Like I just, I went through some things that caused me to really, you know, reflect and really um check my ego, which was honestly fueled by a lot of insecurities to have a certain image of, you know, being this kind of man and and being somebody that had a bunch of women around him all the time and women that wanted him that that can get what he wanted to get whenever I wanted to, which that's that's like it's ego, but it's really like an insecurity to want to to seem that way. But um, but before I just thought because I, I grew up around men that, you know, that was that was an affirmation of your manlyhood to you know, have a bunch of women around you and deal with multiple right. women. So, you know, just different things made me realize that and grow out of that and realize and just having more, you know, control and, you know, respect for not only just a woman that I'm dealing with, like seriously, but when my daughter gets older, it's just, you know, navig especially teenage boys. Like these little dudes be, they just, so bold these little girls think that that's what they should shoot for mm -hmm. um you know it's just it's just still you know, it goes back to teaching you know it goes yeah. back to teaching your kids right so i think a big thing for me is is teaching but also not being like overbearing to where that she feels like she can't talk to me so right. i don't feel like i don't want my daughter to ever feel like i'm like judging her like i'm like i mean Yes, I'll, there's a fine line between teaching. She's, she just don't want you to pull the shotgun yeah. out. So she's going to be very careful what she tells you. <laughs> what do you think you would tell like your younger self if you could go back? What's like a one piece of advice that you would give to yourself and others at this point in your life at 26? Stop worrying so much about what other people got to say about what you're doing and where you're going. That's a much easier said than done, right? I mean, we're going to listen to what other people say, but work towards having enough confidence in yourself 
you know, your faith and your higher power towards where you're going to where you don't allow other people to lead you towards doing things that either you don't want to do, you don't have no business doing, or it's not best for you, or it's not for you. You know, I think there are things that people do or get into that they're not even doing it for themselves. They're doing it to appease, whether it be somebody else or their thought process of what somebody else thinks, um, which that takes you off the path of being your genuine self and going towards your personal purpose and leading towards where you should be going. And that's not just with entertainment. That's just that's just across the board, especially in this age of you know, image and social media and feeling pressure to look a certain way or to appease to certain people, especially people that have no influence over what you're doing. And people that just don't give a fuck about you. Like, right. <laughs> you're worried about people that do nothing to contribute right. to your lives. Right. And, and a lot of times they're people that feed off of your detriment or downfall because it makes them feel better about themselves. Right where they view that they're at. So you're just feeding into somebody else's insecurities by, you know, letting them put you down or put you in a place that's not on your authentic path. So have fun, but be in your lane and just be confident in yourself and have faith in where you're going. Word. One thing I really hope for is that my journey and revealing where I've, cause a lot of people, they, they, they reveal to you where they start, where they started, and where they're at, but not the in-between, which the in-between is where you become relatable. So I'm hoping that, you know, people can follow my journey of seeing somebody who, you know, grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, the middle of nowhere, and just stayed consistent. In cornfields. <laughs> right, next to a cornfield, and just stayed consistent and achieved his, you know, pursued his passion and, and she achieved his goals and found his personal success and, and look at that as, okay, this is a regular dude that if he can do it, I can do it too. You know what right. I mean? Like everybody has the ability to pursue their path. So, but I think a lot of people can be reassured by seeing somebody that they relate to and understanding that, you know, there's a middle ground of failure, discomfort, um, you know, setbacks, challenges, Folks that have the longevity, like they all faced, especially in this industry, like even working actors, even A-list actors will probably tell you they faced more no's than yeses. That's just that's just the nature of the business. And that's even with small, even a person you're trying to start a business like just because you have a no doesn't mean that your product or service doesn't have value and understanding that just a no doesn't necessarily mean that you got to switch up or change things up. Right, it's just part of it. All right, Quincy, thank you so much for being on the show. Yes, thank did you. Did you have a good time? I did. I had a I had a great time. I had a I great saw you time. almost you almost done. I'm done my Saint Green. You done your your crown? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm at I'm at the. Yeah. All right, guys. Until next time. Peace. I got perfect timing. If you want to test. Put you on the next flight, going to Budapest. I got a spot for you if you're trying to join the team. It's ours world, baby girl. We make enemies.